Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. So glad you're all here today. You probably remember we're working on a book called Trust this month, Ianla Van Zant. And she's broken the idea of trust into four different categories. So last week, that idea of self-trust. This week, we're going to talk about trusting God, trusting spirit. And I think where I want to start is the opposite. Has uh, And I don't want to do a show of hands because this might embarrass someone. So I will speak for you all, and instead, instead you can say, no, that's not true if you want. <laughs> Haven't we all had a time when we simply felt that our prayers weren't answered? Haven't we all had a time when someone that we loved, we were praying about, something haywire still happened? Haven't we all had a time when our best intentions and, and our, our best efforts seemed to fall on deaf ears metaphysically. And haven't we all known people, good people, honorable people, loving people, who have had bad things happen to them? Well, you're all nodding. You didn't need to raise your hands. So my question is, when we talk about faith in spirit, is our faith misplaced? Now, I know you're saying, well, now, wait a minute, aren't we, <laughs> aren't we in a spiritual center, and aren't you the minister here? Aren't you supposed to be helping me have more faith <laughs> instead of questioning it? But I think it's important to, to face the reality, if you will, of our co-creative power with God. Now, Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, makes it very clear uh, that it is only with our faith, only our set of beliefs, that we will have outcomes in the world. And this is a little different, I think, than what I've been talking about so, so far. And I want to, if you will, talk about the difference between trusting a personality and trusting a principle. Trusting a personality is kind of like trusting your Uncle Herb. I remember when I was growing up, and probably you've all had someone like an Uncle Herb. He was a great guy. He was good with kids. I looked up to him a lot. And when he would drink, he was not to be trusted. And so even though there were elements of Uncle Herb I could trust, equally, there were elements and times when Uncle Herb was around that I stayed clear of him. I would like to suggest that many of us treat the divine as though the divine is a personality, as though the divine were kind of like Uncle Herb, that when things are going right, you can kind of trust Uncle Herb, and when things are, are not going so right, uh, it seems like I the more I try to get in Uncle Herb, well, God's <laughs> good graces, you know, I'm just as apt to have a result I don't want. So today, I want to suggest that God is not Uncle Herb. God is not a person at all. And so when we, we focus in on God as a personality, 
what we tend to be doing is it's as though we're trying to curry favor. If I behave well, if I, if I do a certain set of things, if I pray a certain way, I will capture God's favor and then God, and do you see the picture of God, of course, I'm portraying here. It's as though God were Uncle Herb somewhere, not in the room with us and hopefully not drinking. <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, God, a personality up in the sky or removed from me. God has all the power. God can do what I want. I don't have that power. I'm divorced from that power. And so it becomes one of those, what do I need to do to get, do you see what I mean? We're relying or looking towards God with our faith as though God were a person, maybe a, a super person, right? A superhuman, hoping and praying that I will be heard and that God will have mercy on me. Well, there's all kinds of metaphysical things wrong with this, of course. God isn't a human. God doesn't have human morals. God really doesn't care in the sense of your individual outcomes on the planet. That's, that's for us to do with our co-creative power with God. And, and the whole issue here of principle versus personality is that when we begin seeing how God works in the world, we absolutely can have faith in that. And so that leads me really, to, of course, to a discussion of what is principle versus personality. Well, personality is something that you count on when it's a good day, when that person's feeling well, when they haven't had a cocktail, when they're not mad at you, right? The personality we, we trust based on a variety of circumstances. You never can 100% count on a personality. But oh my gosh, principles you can count on. So what is a principle, or sometimes we call them laws? There's something that is consistent. There's something that works all the time. It works for everyone, not just, not just the minister, not just a practitioner. It works for anyone. In fact, if it's truly a principle, it is working for everyone. Now, there are various principles, of course. There are physical principles, and in fact, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about gravity today as one of the physical principles. There are also social principles, contractual principles, and of course, here at a spiritual center, we more often talk about spiritual principles. And you know what? God is behind all of them. Not just the spiritual ones. God created the reason why we have things like gravity. God created the social constructs that we have as principles too. So in a way, we're already 100% believing in and trusting God. When we flip the electric switch, right? Don't we, tr I mean, we're trusting God. Not that God made the switch, but the principles behind electricity is a create I mean we didn't invent electricity it's a natural law a natural principle that we humans have cleverly figured out how to harness so that it can be in the invisibly in the walls and we flip a switch and the light comes on right so we really already do believe in these invisible principles the question is can we extend what we believe about some of our physical laws into what we believe and what we trust in terms of spiritual loss. But 
Back to gravity. I want to read the definition of gravity here for you. Uh, I'm not a great physicist, so bear with uh, me reading from my board here. And this is from the Wikipedia, by the way. Gravity describes the principle by which all things with mass or energy are brought toward each other. Our massive earth causes smaller objects to fall towards it. So it makes sense. Real simple. Newton was the one that first sort of categorized how it worked. But if you have something that has mass or energy, it will be attracted to something else that has mass or energy. Now, of course, big planet, small book. Is the planet going to rise up or is the book? Right. So that, you know, we're familiar with how gravity works. Now a joke about gravity. So when NASA first started sending up astronauts, they quickly discovered that ballpoint pens would not work in zero gravity. So to combat the problem, NASA scientists spent a decade, nearly $12 billion, to develop a pen that writes in zero gravity, upside down, underwater, almost on any surface, including the glass and plastics of the space shuttles, and at temperatures ranging from below freezing to over 300 degrees Celsius. The Russians used a pencil. (laughs) Doesn't it feel like sometime we're focused on the wrong thing? That there has to be a simpler way. There has to be some way of interacting with the divine that doesn't require a billion years of study, a billion dollars of uh, our investment. There has to be some way of approaching the divine from this idea of a spiritual principle just like gravity. So how are spiritual principles different than physical principles? There's a good news piece here. They're actually the same. They are consistent. They do work for everyone. They are explainable. Now, not always the why something works, but then that's true about gravity and electricity too, right? Do we know why they work? Do we know why uh, mass and energy wants to 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 glom together in some way. See, scientists don't offer up any why any more than we need to. The why will leave to spirit. But we can describe how spiritual principles work. We know that they're consistent, and we know that they will work for anyone, not just the minister, not just a practitioner. And in fact, they're already working in people's lives right now. Now, I'm going to take off just a few of them, just mention a few of them. I want to suggest, though, that the whole idea is becoming familiar with them in the same way that we've become familiar with how gravity works, right? In the same way that we've become familiar with the use of electricity, It is more a question of familiarity that will build your trust in it. And so just a few of the principles that we talk about in Science of Mind. We talk about like attracting like. We talked about the principle of cause and effect, or sometimes we call it the divine creative uh, force. We talk about the principle of mental equivalence, the principles of giving and receiving. All of these If you take a class, if you take a workshop, if you just come on Sundays, you will hear all of these spiritual principles mentioned. And the more you understand them, 
the more you will have faith in them and your faith will begin creating those things that in times gone by were called miracles. It is through our faith that we can have results that seem miraculous. But I want to give you an example. I want to give you an example in my own life where really I felt that God had abandoned me. A time, if you will, of mistrust, of not believing in the creative force, and really the results of that and what happened. So, uh, gosh, it's about 15 years ago now. My mother was very sick and had been in the hospital for some time. And the doctors really were talking about, well, it's going to be days uh, that she would have to live. And at that time, uh, I was towards the end of my practitioner studies. And so, you know, when you're, when you're in practitioner studies, for one thing I will tell you, you're like gung-ho. You pray about anything and everything. You'll pray on the freeway for, uh, uh, for, for easy sailing. You'll pray for parking spots at the, at the Moda Center. You'll, I mean, and, and what's, what's wonderful about it is your faith is on such a high that one by one by one by one, everything goes your way. It seems as though in every day with every prayer, there's a little miracle. At least that was my experience of practitioner studies, that it just, because it was something that I was so clearly focusing on, and because it was something that was so meaningful to me, I had that wide open heart, that, that childlike ability just to see it and take it all in. It was amazing. And when I prayed for my mother, nothing happened. When I prayed for my mother to just get up off of that hospital bed, and, excuse me, it's still, I, I'm, I'm seeing it in my own mind, I'm feeling it in a way, and I really felt, what the heck? Like, why am I being let down in this? I mean, it's like, who cares about the parking spot? I want my mother to get well. Have we not all been at a place where a loved one is in dire straits and, and we want nothing more and nothing less than, than a recovery? I wanted to see my mom up and playing bridge again. I wanted to see my mom uh, uh, running on the beach like she did when, uh, uh, when I was a kid. I wanted to see her vigorous and healthy. And instead, it was clear that that was not happening. So let's look at principles for a minute. One of the principles, and, and I know uh, some of you are in a foundations class that we have right now, and I think I might be giving away week eight if you're not there already. So, it, <laughs> so, so if you haven't gotten to week eight, I apologize, Kate. <laughs> I'm letting the cat out of the bag here. Uh, but one of the principles that we teach, of course, is that life is eternal, but the physical form is not eternal. It's one of the principles that we believe in. And so here, my mother in her 80s in ill health, I was praying as though I thought she could be 40 again. In fact, running on the beach, maybe 20 again. I don't know. I was praying for something that wasn't within the principles of spirit. Spirit knew that her life was eternal, but the principle doesn't include the physical form lasting through all eternity. It was time for the physical form to pass on. So, of course, it, was like I, it would be like me staying on the stage saying, Oh God, oh God, please let the book not fall. Please. I have complete faith in you, Spirit. I have the faith of all time. 
I know the book is not, and I'm expecting that not to happen. And so when we're in alignment with spiritual truth, with these spiritual principles, things will happen. Another spiritual principle that we believe in is perfect wholeness. And what that means is that at any point in our life, we can avoid all pain and suffering. We can experience a wholeness. And I realized, uh, actually, it was a a friend of ours came to visit uh, my mom and uh, in the hospital. And afterwards, he says, gosh, it's a shame that she's suffering so. And that did click something in my mind as being a practitioner. And I said, wait a minute. One of our principles is that suffering is completely a human experience. There is no suffering in God. There is that spiritual principle of wholeness that precludes suffering. And as soon as I changed my prayer, not to see my mom running on the beach, not to see and picture my mom leaping out of the bed with with energy, but when I viewed her from that place of peace, that place of grace, that place of equanimity, that, that knowing that her spirit would move on into perhaps something even more glorious, even as her body was left behind, when my prayer changed, her pain completely disappeared. There is no suffering in the mind of God. Do you see the difference? And I know this is subtle. It's like, how can you say wholeness embraces death? And yet it does. And yet we can be whole, if you will, even on the very last day of our existence physically on the planet. And so let me lead right into the homework here, just in case I forget later on. Let's, let's get it out of the way. And then we'll talk just a little bit more about this idea of principle versus personality. So your homework is to look at your own relationship to God in terms of trust. How do you feel about God? Do you trust the power of God? Do you trust your own ability to collaborate with God? Do you trust that God really is for you and not against you? And if that trust is anything less than super solid, I would like you to consider, are you viewing God as a personality or are you viewing God as principle? And just allow that to be in your meditation this week. Just allow that to be something that you contemplate this week. Am I putting human expectations on the divine or am I recognizing and beginning to better understand how God actually works with us, the principles, the spiritual principles of the divine? So let me just summarize here. Today we talked about trusting God, not as a person in the sky, not that guy that grants favors if you're only good enough or special enough, but rather as a set of spiritual principles. We don't have to beg. We don't have to command. We don't have to trick someone to to do what we want. We simply have to observe literally the way spirit works through God's spiritual principles and begin trusting them, begin bringing ourselves in alignment with them. They work for everyone all the time. They're consistent and explainable. 
We don't have to know why it is that they work any more than we need to know why the book falls. We can begin to trust more and more our own divine connection. The highest principle, guess what the highest principle of all is? It is simply unity. It is simply the assuredness and the unwavering belief that you and your higher wisdom self and spirit itself are the same self. That there isn't some part of you divorced from God. There isn't some part of you that is looking for approval from some distant master. When we really get the unity principle, that principle that spirit and I are sharing the same consciousness, we almost don't need to pray anymore, right? Because we are experiencing through our own consciousness the light and the love, the joy and the peace, the abundance, the safety, you name it, of spirit. We recognize that God does have all of that, that God is all of that, and when we understand the unity principle, we are simply part of it. So I want to close today with a a quote from this lovely book called Trust, Mastering the Four Essential Trusts. She says, once we really begin to understand and to accept that we are made in God's image and that all of the elements in the universe operate in our lives 24 by 7, we begin to glimpse God's divine plan. Our lives are designed to bring our awareness how these universal principles operate. When we understand how the principles operate and align ourselves to be in harmony with them, we can always trust the Creator. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness, one one set of principles, if you will. And what I know is that it applies to me that as I align myself with the divine, as I understand the true unity between myself and God, that these are principles that I can rely on. These are principles that always work for me. They're explainable. They're consistent. I can use them, and I can align myself with them. And as this is true for me, I know it is true without question for everyone on the planet because they are universal principles. They are available for everyone to use, just as gravity is, just as uh, electricity is. So the law of cause and effect is at full force. So our ability to attract to us that which we embrace and that which we are, all of these spiritual principles available to everyone all of the time. And so I simply know for the people in my environment, for the the people that attend this center, for, for anyone that has the ability to listen to how these principles work, that the divine is in full force, allowing us to live a life of joy, of peace, of love, of abundance, of health, of beauty, truly available to all. And so I'm grateful for this. I release my prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. That principle, that biggest principle of all, which is unity, I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today.
so glad you were here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.